Your Libertarian Voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Trying to give you the Libertarian view on things, but I think this week, talking about Hillary throwing her hat into the ring, we seem to be all on the same page, (laughs) that uh, she's just not a sincere candidate, that she is not a likable person, and I think that matters because what... What the president does is garner trust from the people, manufacture consent for the policies that I think come from behind the scenes, and I'm not sure she's going to fit the bill for that. But there is something that does come from a libertarian perspective that uh, if you're if you hear only the kind of mainstream media conservative party line, you're going to have a very different idea of what the expressions American exceptionalism and uh, a new American century mean. I'm going to explain that to you, what I think, because it came up in Rubio. Marco Rubio also threw his hat into the ring, and he uh, announced that he was going to run for president. I think he's really running for vice president, but he talked a lot about these concepts, and what they really are are very hawk-like foreign policy um, jingoism, I think they call it, like war phrases, which might not be easy to understand at first because American exceptionalism sounds like what you're saying is that we have peace and prosperity because the American experiment uh, uh, dedicated the government to individual liberty, economic liberty, personal liberty, um, justice, that kind of thing. That's what I think they want us to think that stuff means. But that isn't really what that means. And I'm going to tell you what uh, what what the real implications of those phrases and embracing those phrases, I think, are going forward for, let's say, a Republican presidency. But I want to fig- finish up the conversation that we started earlier about Hillary. So I'm going to take calls. Michael in Marietta, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, I, I, this is an aside from the, the conversation earlier. I just wanted to thank you first and foremost for what you do and what you provide, like a voice on this radio station. It's fantastic. You know, I listen to Rush and, and the other guys on, this, on the station. Um, but you, I believe, are one of the top voices that, that speak the truth and speak to me especially and many my age, I'm 27, I, I'm maybe caught the tail end of the m- millennials, but I think what, what, what you say and your libertarian views on things really speak to me and really appeal to me. Now, the conservative side of things I, I see quite well, but I, I, I'm very firmly planted in your positions, and, and the fact that they give you an opportunity on this radio station to voice your thoughts and opinions leads me to believe that there's there's a lot of hope and there's a lot of opportunity. I, I'm very optimistic going forward into the future, uh, even though the country's kind of spiraling into some kind of a weird abyss that I'm not really too familiar with. But the last thing I want to say is, during the football season, how they moved your show around from time slot to time slot, I... Oh, that that was devastating, (laughs) but that's all I got. That's all I got to say. I really appreciate what you do. Thank you so much, Michael. I will. I'll say that uh, I 
know that the program director at WSB really wants to provide a variety of viewpoints and has never done anything, but as long as I could back up what I'm saying or um, make it clear that it's my opinion, he's been very supportive, and I love that. I know I actually chose to be on Saturdays instead of Sundays, so I end up getting uh, kind of moved around a lot when uh, sports are on Sunday, uh, Saturday that everybody loves uh, UGA sports and they're the bread and butter of the station and I would not want to interfere with that but hopefully there'll be more of me maybe I'll do more fill-ins and if you want to find out about that check out my website monicaperezshow.com follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Monica Perez Show. And there, I have like a hundred podcasts on my website so you don't have to be without me if you really want um a uh, little Monica Perez show while you're cleaning out the garage. You can probably always get it. So thank you so much, Michael, for your very, very kind words. And I do think that the libertarian movement in this country is good for the country. Even if you don't have that ideology of pure economic and personal liberty, it's definitely going to refresh the American experiment uh, in, a, in a good way, I think. So thanks so much for the call, Michael. I'm going to Karen and Sawani. Hi, Karen. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Oh, good. Listen, first of all, Monica, I want to tell you that I am the mother of a son who serves in the Navy and is a pilot and will be at extreme personal risk. So I have a little bit different perspective than a lot of people because that hits home when you're a mother of someone who who serves. And so anyway, from that perspective, I... I am concerned for his future, as any mother would be. But I want to tell you, I'm 50 years old. I'm a little bit older than your prior caller. And I am not optimistic at all. And the thing is that the first president I voted for was Reagan. And there was a lot of optimism. There was even optimism with Clinton. And I didn't want him as president, but that's who we got. I feel the lowest amount of optimism that I have ever felt with the direction of this country at this moment. And I I am just so frustrated with the Republicans, because, and I'm going to vote Republican, but I'm so frustrated because it's, what, what are you doing? How can you not, how can you not do better than you're doing? And then you let this, this happen, and then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And I believe America is exceptional, but we've got a president out there and a direction of what's happening with this administration to say, no, we're not exceptional, and he apologizes every chance he gets. He's weakened our place in the world so badly. The things that my son will fight for, the things my uncles fought for in World War II and the Korean War, they're just going away. And well, I am Karen, so disappointed about something. this. It seems to me... When I reflect on the pattern of history, the past 50, 60, 70 years even, that the Republicans have really, I, I just don't believe in their, their sincerity. I don't believe in the Democrats either, but I don't care about them because it's the Republicans who say the things that I think I want to hear. But then they never come through with the smaller government or anything. And I do urge people to go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, because I, I reposted a book review by Irving Crystal. Do you know who Bill Crystal is? 
Yes. Yeah, from I the Weekly Fox Standard. News, yes. Yes, and his father wrote this book about their the creation of neoconservatism, which is where the Republican Party is right now, and it's really about big government, about manipulating the people about getting us to believe what they want us to believe. He talks about manipulating religious people, manipulating the population into doing foreign uh, wars that they wouldn't otherwise go for, that they don't understand economics, and that they uh, will cry out for a conservative welfare state, which will be the source of power for the future Republican Party. So I understand your distress, but I think you might want to go one layer deeper in the onion and see that I don't think these guys are just incompetent or misguided or get corrupted. Well, maybe they get corrupted when they get there. But I really think that the Republican Party has has sold out and that well, I, I, I agree with you about too, voting. Okay. And, you know? and so that's the thing is that they, they come across as directionless and they just can't seem to figure it out. But and I think that kind of incompetence mean that incompetence feeling is meant for us to continuously have hope, to keep having hope that the next guy is sincere, the next guy is really going to do it. But I think the only person, and, and my, a lot of people thought Ron Paul's foreign policy was dangerous because it was not interventionist. But he was a guy who really had his principles and wanted to bring them to the table and was not going to get corrupted, but they would never let him in. Well, and, you know, the thing about uh, the libertarians, that the thing is that bothers me, and I know you are. No, it's fine. me about that is yeah. that, okay, well, basically, that's going to split the vote, and then the Democrats are going to keep in there. And the, But and they do anyway. Else, right, what was Romney? Romney was a Democrat. socialist. Say that Probably, again. Yeah, he was a very, very weak candidate, but they can't, and so was McCain, and they can't seem to figure it out. But I don't I mean, think that's it. I think they have figured it out. I no, think they I think switch. I, I don't think you're right. Okay. <laughs> I think I, they're yeah. incompetent. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, then why do we always move in the same direction of bigger government and more war? Why doesn't it sometimes their blundering result in, uh, you know, a different direction? We're always marching. You can see, like, like uh, spending and taxing and military spending, always the straight line up. You know, it doesn't zigzag like it would well, if they I were just boobs. They're career politicians. And I think the most problematic problem with the Republican Party right now is the older people like McCain and, you know, and, and what's that other the, the, the speaker? Of the, what, oh, you know, the, what's well, Lindsey Graham, Joe Lieberman. Hmm? Yes. It's, Harry you Reid. They, they are just stuck in a time warp and they are just not what's going to do it for the republican party but yet this old guard continues to go in that direction and they really do in my opinion and i am 50 so i'm a little bit older than your prior caller and i've been through a number of elections at this point i really think they do need somebody younger with some different ideas than these older people well i think do like what you're talking about i think you've hit on the on the key here that we could probably i don't want to put words in your mouth but uh come to some understanding is that they're career politicians. And what you do is you don't have to be corrupt. You don't have to be incompetent. You don't have to be anything. You just have to show up and say, okay, how do I get elected? I get elected by raising money. How do I raise money? I do things for people who, uh, that, who will contribute to my campaign. It got to the point I was listening to some guy talk about, um, I think it was Larry Nichols, talk about Bill Clinton saying he had an organization in Arkansas 
ADFA, I think it was called, A-D-F-A was the acronym, where it gave loans out to private people, and he wouldn't allow them to release the funds until those people put campaign contributions, uh, you know, they got the check. Now, I don't have proof of that, but it was a very compelling testimony from this guy. And, and I feel like it, you don't have to actually have a plan if you just know, if I do this, I will get that. Somebody else can have the plan. So you don't have to think that they're totally corrupt to think that it, the system is totally corrupted. But I got to take a break. Thank you so much, Karen, for the interesting call. Uh, a little more um, on this, 800-WSB-TALK, and more of your calls next. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 67 degrees and overcast, a 5 on the Mellish meter, but it could be worse. Thunderstorms likely tomorrow. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shumi, the official air conditioning of summer. We are continuing our conversation about uh, what's to come. We're kind of morphing a little bit about the power elite who's really behind the scenes and if the Republicans are what they appear to be, I was just telling people to go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com, because I wrote a review of a book by Irving Kristol where he talks about how he wants to transform the Republican Party into a big government party. He wants to convince us to shape the world with, uh, with our military and a lot of other stuff that I think the Republicans are not owning up to. I am going to go to Daniel. Uh, Daniel, you are on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Uh, very interesting uh, perspective that you bring. So this is my problem. And what, all the things you've been saying, they're a bit distressing. Okay, so I'm an immigrant, you know, and I came to this country believing in the country, believing all those exceptionalism you talked about, believing in the development, the growth, you know, they're like a shining beacon onto the whole world, democracy and all those stuff. And now you're telling me that sometimes our votes don't even probably matter. You know, so... so Do you think I'm wrong? 20 years in this country is wasted. No, tell me, do you think I'm wrong? Don't you think this country has undergone a fundamental transformation? And I think that is my fear. You know, I think you stoked up something in me where... I believe so much, and now you're, like, uh, messing me up. Because right now I'm thinking that, wow, what if she's right? Or what if what we've been seeing is not what it is? You know what I'm saying? So Yes, and I'm sorry, Daniel. I definitely did not want to disillusion anybody. And I can understand as an immigrant who's here to pursue the American dream as a first-generation person, I'm... My grandparents were the immigrants, so I've gone through. My father was a World War II veteran, and he taught me. He he saw and explained to me how the American dream, the American liberties, were being um, exploited and destroyed by a kind of international power elite. And I have I used to just dismiss what he was saying, but now I think it's true, and I think there is hope in that we can exchange these ideas and not be afraid of them because they care that we believe what they tell us they won't like it if we figure it out and that's our hope so i don't want to make you lose hope uh, but i have a very interesting conversation coming up with barbara who totally disagrees with me about american exceptionalism so you're going to want to stay tuned for that this is monica perez monica perez on news 95.5 at am 750 wsb i am the libertarian voice on wsb every saturday from three to six 
We've been talking about the uh, Hillary throwing her hat in the ring. If the Republicans are sincere in what they say, are they just incompetent in the fact that they can never shrink government? Uh, And I was beginning to talk about this idea of American exceptionalism. Marco Rubio also threw his hat in the ring. I kind of feel like it's the ring for vice president, not president. But he made a very, I think, uh, code-rich speech where he said, American exceptionalism, uh, new American century, and those are, to me, as a libertarian, very loaded terms. But I think that my understanding of those terms is very different from most people. And I want to kind of tell my side, and uh, I want to hear your side. So I'm going to go to Barbara in Atlanta. Hi, Barbara. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Uh, I'm anxious to hear why you are so uncomfortable with the term American exceptionalism. I feel that that is exactly what made this country excel and, and brought our standard of living to a level that has been admired and desired by much of the world. Yes, Barbara, let me respond, and then I'm going to let you respond. You can okay. say as long as you want. This is what I think, because I, I just think that you don't understand where I'm coming from. I yeah. think America was exceptional because of the American experiment, which guaranteed economic and civil liberty to everybody and also had a defensive national defense truth uh, liberty and justice for all liberty and justice for all and i think what happened and that is why we had our greatness but that really sticking to those principles uh, has been lost and they call now i think certain elements of the power structure call American exceptionalism what they really mean. They want you to think they mean the American experiment, but what they really mean is we can be trusted always to do what's good, so we don't really have to follow the rules exactly. And that involves like violating sovereign countries like Gaddafi. We took out Gaddafi, let's say, because he put people in jail, Al-Qaeda mostly, without trials. But we put people in jail without trials at Gitmo, and maybe... We're right to do it. I don't know. I don't think so. But I'm not arguing that we're not right. I'm just saying he is not allowed to do it, but we are. And I think it's because they want us to think that we can always be trusted, but nobody else can. We're an exception to international law, let's say. So I, that's what I, I agree with you about the American experiment. But go ahead. Tell me. Come back. Well, I, well, I think America is exceptional. And to this day, it's exceptional. And I think, unfortunately... We have a president that seems to have disdain for this country and apparently does not believe in American exceptionalism. I agree with that, totally. I don't think he agrees with either of our definitions. Let me just finish. And he has tried his best to degrade our country and all the good that we stand for. And we just need somebody that's going to, again, start talking about American exceptionalism and what we have to offer and the gifts we have given to the world instead of talking... Uh, like our president, which is always making excuses and apologizing to this country. I have a question for you, Barbara. Sure. Do you think that we should, that somebody should be able to uh, invade Guantanamo, our base there, to free those prisoners? A foreign country should be able to invade our sovereign territory to free those prisoners? No. Do you think it was okay for us to go into Libya? And take that guy out who wasn't a threat to us? Well, you know, decisions are made based on the knowledge at hand. And but what could have justified that? 
I don't remember. I don't remember back then. I mean, I'm I'm certainly. Oh no! All right. Well, what they said was Libyans were in danger from their own government, and so we destroyed the government to save the Libyans. But to me, that's a violation of sovereignty, which we would never tolerate. But wait a minute, Gaddafi was using uh, um, chemicals and everything on his own country, on his own people. I mean. No, he was not. You're thinking of Assad, who didn't actually do that. He was just accused of it. No, he didn't. And I, my point is that we give the benefit of the doubt to our leaders when they do things to other countries that we would not allow to be done to us. And that's the exception, that, that we think we're an exception to the letter of the law, but nobody else is. That's, that's all I'm saying. All right, but you can make a case for anything if that's what you want to do. I mean, no, no, no. Actually... That's the fundamental thing about libertarianism. You can't make a case for anything. You always have to go to the touchstone, the actual black letter law of like the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or actually natural law where you can't mess with people who don't who aren't about to attack you. It's called the non-aggression principle. The onus is on the government or the aggressor to explain to us why they or we or whatever have a right to start dropping bombs on other countries. You, I, I say you can actually make an argument for almost nothing as far as aggression goes. Well, I'm a borderline libertarian. So in many ways, we're on the same page. But any, any kind of denigration of our country and the things that we have done, and sometimes when you're dealing with unscrupulous people, like what we are dealing with in the Middle East, Iran, and um, the whole nine yards, you got to do things that aren't so wonderful to survive. And to say, no, 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 it's wrong, I think you're making a major mistake. All right. I I, need to be a little more open-minded about it. Maybe. I will tell you, I I think that our breakdown is going to be that I think that whether it's, uh, I don't think it's just Obama. I don't think, I think it's the whole entire power structure at the top has betrayed this country and has absorbed the power of this country for interests that are cronyistic or corporatist or whatever, international power elite that aren't really serving the defense of the United States citizens. They actually uh, are spreading radical Islam like wildfire by taking people out, like secular leaders who keep uh, Al-Qaeda in their prisons, like Gaddafi, Assad, Hussein. They're all secular leaders. We don't take out uh, Muslim leaders, which is weird, right? Like, it, Isn't it weird? I, I know. Doesn't it make you think that maybe his um, intentions are not as honorable as we would want our presidents to be? Absolutely, yes. But I think that extends to the Republicans also, because no, Bush really went after I, Hussein. I, I think you got to give them a chance. you got to give them a chance. I mean, the Democrats have just been... Well, I can't even say all the Democrats. I would say our top leadership. Well, look, I'm not arguing for Democrats in the White House. I'm absolutely not. No, I've never not. voted for a Democrat. I never would. I know you're not. Yeah, but I but I will say thank you so much, Barbara. I really appreciate um, the exchange. I I wanted to say that I the reason I don't think it's just uh, a Democrat thing. There was a document from the thing called the Project for New American Century which was a very, it was totally a neoconservative organization. Cheney, Rumsfeld, uh, Wolfowitz, I guess, was in it. Uh, who else was in it? Um, oh, Bill Kristol, Robert Kagan, uh, Jeb Bush, I believe. And, and this was, they started an organization, I think, in 97. And in 2000, they wrote a document called uh, Rebuilding America's Defenses. 
And they wrote in that, and this is the project for a new American century, and Rubio is calling for a new American century. They say, these are just a couple of quotes I pulled out. While unresolved conflict in Iraq provides the immediate justification, uh, we need substantial American forces in the U.S., and it transcends the issue of regime change in Iraq. Uh, It goes on to say that this process of military transformation even if it brings revolutionary change, is likely to be a long one, a long process, absent some catastrophic and catalyzing event like in New Pearl Harbor. So in this was in 2000. In 2001, you got 9-11. And what did they do? 15 of those guys of the 19 hijackers were Saudi. Osama bin Laden was Saudi. Did they invade Saudi Arabia? No, they invaded Iraq because that was on the agenda. And they they didn't Uh, they, They did not adhere to the rule of law. They didn't adhere to what was defensively in our interest, that they didn't attack who attacked us. They used it as an excuse to promote their other interests, which was a military reshaping of that region for, uh, you know, the purposes of energy companies and stuff like that. Like it's not it's not because they think it's in our interest personally. It's that they think it's in their interest, personally. Uh, I want to just squeeze in one quick call with Edward. Hi, Edward. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. I'm afraid that that last caller didn't understand the word you were saying, but that's because you're speaking the language of liberty. And unfortunately, uh, it's a foreign language to most Americans now. Well, she thinks, and I, I I understand, she thinks that it's too complicated to figure out the nuances. And I'll tell you, when Rumsfeld told us we had to go into Iraq because we didn't understand how bad it was, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I really did, even though I'm a libertarian. And my father, a World War II vet, was a libertarian, and he did not, he was like, no way. Until that guy has got a gun pointed in our direction, you can't start a war. So I can understand not seeing it yet. Well, maybe not now, but okay, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. That was the same Saddam Hussein who was the recipient of billions of dollars of American uh, tax dollars. Right, you're right. If you, if, you read the, of the United States. Yeah. if you read the deeper history, you realize, like, I think there should be a law that any defense contractor who ever wants to work with the United States has to have no history of selling to other countries and has to give all the money back if they ever do. Because we we set up these guys, and then it's an excuse for a war. Let's go back to neoconservatism. Yes. Are you aware that William F. Buckley is also one of the, the founders of the neocon movement? I know. He was a skull and bones man, and my parents used to work for him at the National Review from the day it opened. And they finally gave up on him when he... I guess uh, fired Joe Sobran. Is that possible? But I'm not familiar with that. Well, I so then we saw, and then I started looking into it, and he was a real skull and bones guy, like a Yale insider. And they say maybe he was controlled opposition. He was there to transform the Republican Party away from the kind of Barry Goldwater conservative towards the yeah. neoconservative, the new conservative yeah. movement, which is big government and foreign intervention. Well, there's a great book called William F. Buckley, Pied Piper of the Establishment. I encourage people to, to check out. Uh, you just said something about controlled opposition. I, I, I used to be a Kool-Aid-drinking Republican in the 90s, and when I saw, and I voted for George Bush the last time I voted for a Republican uh, presidential candidate, when I saw him just a few months into his first term working with Ted Kennedy on an education reform bill, that was my, my moment, my aha moment, you know, and... 
uh, I, I was ignorant. I didn't do my homework. Yeah, it's you know? like when I saw John McCain yucking it up with Spike Lee like a month after <laughs> Obama's inauguration. I was like, man, that just doesn't seem right. Like those guys, you wouldn't think they were buds, but the power elite transcends parties pretty uh, pretty quickly. I'm sorry, I got to go to a break. Uh, be back after this. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Rain might be continuing for the beginning of the work week, so stay tuned to WSB all weekend long for Kirk Mellish's exclusive weather forecast brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. And I am Monica Perez, the official libertarian of WSB. I'm on every Saturday from 3 to 6, but I am not going to be here Next Saturday, uh, I'm going to Jazz Fest. I know it's awful that I'm taking a day off when I take when I um, am preempted by sports so much, but I really uh, have been loving uh, the live music opportunities I've had, and they're always on the weekends, so I have to go. Uh, but I will be back um, the next weekend after that. And if you want a podcast of me, I have like a hundred podcasts on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. And you can continue the conversation. I'm always uh, on Facebook and Twitter at Monica Perez Show. And we were um, wrapping up this conversation. You can listen to the podcast. I'll probably post it on Monday with some of the resources that we've been talking about. But we were just kind of wrapping it up with this idea of American exceptionalism and what that means. And and I think that it's really meant to get us to think that it stands for the American experiment and the greatness that resulted from that. I think it's an expression of feeling that's exploited by people who don't stick to those principles anymore, to have uh, wars that don't adhere to our founding principles, to our basic principles. I have a tweet from Tachyon Dreams. Quote, American exceptionalism, unquote, is really only used to denigrate those who are claiming to oppose, who are claimed to oppose it. It's propaganda. So it's like a trap. If you say you don't believe in American exper- exceptionalism, you're anti-American. But I think it's uh, it's just a way for the power elite to kind of trick us into supporting what I consider to be ultimately unjust wars. But this conversation continues. Check me out on Facebook or on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.